Hello, friends. I want to say welcome to Vernonia Church and our online teaching time. I'm so glad you've joined us today. My name is Sam. I'm the pastor here at Vernonia Church. It's my privilege to share with you as we go through this online teaching today. And we're going to be diving into a brand new teaching series called Greater Love. We're going to be talking about greater love, how to have a divine love, how to have a greater love for the people in our lives. And we're going to begin this teaching series series today with a message about how to have more patience with others, especially the people we love. And it's going to be a great day. Hey, before we do anything, I want to encourage you, uh, make sure that you're liking and subscribing. If anything that we say today or any of this teaching is a blessing to you and you think it would be helpful for someone else, be sure to share it and encourage someone else. Help us be a blessing to the people in your life by doing that. And you can also help us share with more people as you like and subscribe, as you hit sub-notification bells, as you leave positive reviews, five-star reviews, as, as you do all that stuff, it helps us help other people. And so uh, do your part. Uh, it's a small part. It's a small thing. And we'd love to have you as helping us reach more people with the message of the God, of, of the gospel. And so uh, with that said, let, let's pray. Let's ask God to bless this time where we're going to dive into this teaching today and and. Let's invite him to help us have more patience. Let's invite him to show us how to have a divine love. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all that you do for us. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you have this, this love that's bigger than any love that we could ever even understand. Uh, God, your love is it just knows no end compared to the kind of love we're used to seeing and the we're used to giving. And, and God, I pray that you'll help us not only to understand your love for us, but help us to start to show, at even if a little more, show your love to the other people in our lives who we want to love, to other people in our, our lives who you want us to love. God, I pray that you'll help us to grow in love and especially pray uh, that you will help us to grow in patience. I know, God, that, that many of us, we can, we can be impatient with others. We can lose patience with others. We can, we can decide to give up on others. And I pray that you'll help us to, to emulate your love in our life and to learn about how love is patient. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said together, amen. Well, I want to dive in. We're going to talk today about how, uh, how to find patience for others. You may have heard the story of a, of a first grade teacher, and she was getting ready to get out of class. You know, it's not just the kids that want to get out of class sometimes, it's the teachers too. And this teacher had had a hard day with the kids. The kids were, 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 were bringing stress levels up, you know, and the kids were just, it was a tough day and some 
sometimes teachers have tough days. And she was watching the clock. She couldn't wait for three o'clock to come and, and dismissal to happen. She looked outside. It had been raining all day. It was kind of a dreary day to go along with all the, <laughs> the tough day that she'd been having. And, and she began to get the kids ready to leave. And everyone had gotten their raincoats on and their boots on and everyone had left except this one little boy. And she came over to the little boy and asked the little boy, you know, what's going on? He said, I'm having trouble getting my boots on. Well, she grabbed those boots. They didn't have zippers or anything to untie to make it easier to get them on. She struggled to get them suckers on. And man, she just worked hard, worked hard. They were a little bit too small for his feet, but she got them feet in those boots finally. And when she'd finally gotten done, the little boy looked at her and she said, teacher, these aren't my boots. Oh man, uh, trying to contain her frustration, uh, she began to work to get those boots off. And, and it was almost just as much work to get them off as it was to put them on. Well, she finally got the boots off and looked at the little boy. And the little boy said, yeah, th they're not mine. They're my sister's. And these are the ones I brought today. So I have to wear them home. <laughs> well, you can imagine the strain on that teacher patience you know in, the, in that moment maybe you have had moments where you felt the strain on your patience kind of like that and and today we're going to talk about how to grow to be more patient how to how to practice a divine a greater love while practicing patience and and we're going to look as as we learn from the love of Jesus. You see, Jesus would demonstrate what we could call a greater love. At one time, Jesus would say, hey, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Later, he would let us know he calls us his friends. When we come to accept his grace, when we decide to make a first-time decision to believe in him and follow him. And when we re receive the gifts that he wants to give us of forgiveness, of, of eternal life, and all the things he wants, he calls us his friends. And he has laid his life down for us. He went to a cross and he died for us. And he, he practiced what we could call a greater love. And one of the things that we find is that his disciples, after he ascended, after he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, his disciples started the church at his direction and the direction of the Holy Spirit. And his apostles would write the rest of the New Testament and the scriptures. And almost all of what they wrote was how to apply the lessons Jesus taught to our lives, to, to basic living. And one of the things the Apostle Paul is going to teach us about is how to apply Jesus' greater love. The greater love he showed on the cross, the greater love he practiced, the greater love he taught about. Uh, the Apostle Paul will teach us how do we apply that greater love to our lives and, and how do we do what Jesus did. Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he will write about this greater love and he will describe it in all kinds of ways ways he will he will tell us that greater love has certain attributes and, and here's what he says in first corinthians 13 verse 4 to 8 it, it says this love is 
patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. It never loses faith. It always hopes. It always endures in every circumstance. And then he will say this, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Well, the Apostle Paul will describe how taking all of the lessons that Jesus taught, uh, taking all of the, the, the messages that Jesus gave us, all of them will, well, they, they will all become less important than the greatest of lessons that he taught about love. Jesus wants us to learn to love God and to love people. And Paul will say, I could become the, the greatest student of Jesus in every aspect and in every way, but if I miss the lesson he taught on love, then it's all worthless. It's all for nothing. And so we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, have this, well, we have this high priority to learn about love, to learn how to love the way Jesus loved, to learn how to show love the way Jesus showed love, to learn to understand love and what is love and, and how, is, how is love practiced. And so Paul lays out here, this is how you practice love. Uh, and he begins his this these attributes of love by starting with patience and he says in first corinthians 13 4 love is patient i'd like you to say that out loud with me on the count of three love is patient one two three love is patient Love is patient. No, it, it, it can be easy to say, but hard to do, can it? I mean, sometimes having patience with others can really just be a struggle. Uh, and the question comes, how long is my fuse with others? How patient am I willing to be with others? Usually, when we think of the word patient or we think of the word love, uh, we think of, uh, well, usually when we think of the word love, we don't think of patience. When we think of the word love, we, we think of the idea of a romantic kind of love. Maybe we picture Popeye and olive oil and the hearts, the cartoon hearts are, are flying up over their heads, you know, or uh, maybe we picture uh, two people in a romantic moment. Maybe you think of the romantic moments that you have had, you know, maybe uh, a friend of mine was recently asking me about the day that I proposed to my wife and it was a romantic time a, a romantic moment and there were lots of romantic feelings in the air maybe you can picture a time where you were in some tropical place or you were on a vacation together and and maybe it was uh, uh, maybe you were on a 
celebration of your honeymoon or a celebration of an anniversary and you are in some place where you're sitting on a beach you're arm arm in arm uh, over one another's shoulder and you're looking out at the waves you're looking out at the ocean and the beautiful sky and there's maybe a sunset and it's just a beautiful romantic moment and if you've ever had one of those moments or you've been in a place you have felt that romantic romantic kind of love. And if your experience has been anything like mine, someone says something maybe five, ten minutes later that ruins the romance of the moment. And usually that person is me. I might say something or do something that that just, you know, was dumb, that that was maybe inappropriate for the moment. And 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 it just it just put an end to all that romantic feeling that was happening and a different kind of love needed to kick in. A kind of love that would accept an apology, a kind of love that would put up with a goofy guy who would say something dumb at a moment like this and spoil it. You know, there's a different kind of love that needs to kick in once that romantic feeling is gone. And that's where Patience is a part of this greater love. Uh, greater love is, is patient, uh, Paul would say. And patience is, is a word that means to endure for a long time. It means that you're willing to endure with someone who says dumb things. You're willing to endure with, with apology after apology after apology. Uh, you're willing, and not only just to endure, but the word actually carries with it the idea of suffering for a long time. We could say that patience is to have long suffering. Uh, you're willing to suffer a long time for someone. You don't have a short fuse with them. You're willing to suffer them for quite a while. It, it means that you're willing to suffer through disappointments and hurts and letdowns, and you're willing to suffer through saying dumb things and, and lots and lots of of apologies, not just one or two. And we could say it this way, that greater love has a long fuse with others. It's interesting to me that the Apostle Paul, he chooses patience as the first thing that he uses to describe the first attribute he describes this divine love, this greater love with that Jesus showed. Uh, think about uh, the times that you fell out of love with someone and you lost patience with them, usually that's where it begins. And so he says love is patient because when we lose patience, well, we, we get tired of uh, being troubled by them. We get tired of headaches. We get tired of, of struggling with someone or something. And, and we get tired of, of putting up with them. And we, we grow a short fuse with them. And we just lose love. We fall out of love. And what I've noticed is that we live in a world where well, patience is missing when it comes to love. Have you ever found yourself having a short fuse with others? Now, some people, they grew up in a home where 
short fuses were just the way of life. Maybe you learned to have a short fuse and you always really kind of have a short fuse. You you grew up in a home where you were exasperated. You know, it says in scripture, don't exasperate your children. And that can happen in a couple of ways. It can happen with neglect or it can happen with extreme uh, expectations and, and, and never being able to meet up with expectations. Maybe you were in a home where where everybody kind of browbeat everybody and, and there wasn't any emphasis on talking kindly to one another, encouraging one another, or being nice to one another. And instead, Instead, it was just a home where everybody berated everyone, made fun of everyone, or attacked everyone all the time. And, and you just learned to speak in a way that was a, a short fuse kind of way. Maybe you uh, had to fend for yourself, and in fending for yourself, you learned to be uh, short-fused with people, and you, you just kind of developed this short-fuse personality. Uh, maybe in your home, everybody had a short fuse, so you had to have a short fuse and for you to learn this patience we're talking about today well it would take for you and it's going to take for you a process of relearning how to speak relearning how to love the way Jesus loves you and it's going to be a a long walk and a long process but it's one that he wants us to begin taking maybe uh, maybe you generally are a patient person but you find yourself sometimes struggling with a short fuse i think that's kind of the case for a lot of people today a lot of people today who normally would be very patient people have found themselves because of the high levels of tension and stress and transition and turmoil all around us. Oh, that was a whole bunch of T words there. <laughs> uh, all that stuff around us has kind of created for us this environment that invites stress and tension and short fuses. It can be easy. In fact, one of the one of the things that that uh, therapists will say can cause us to have short fuse are things like stress or tension or feeling unheard or unappreciated for extremely long periods of time can create for us a scenario where we have a short fuse uh, constantly dealing with other people who who have short fuses that can give us a short fuse dealing with traumatic events and and man, I mean, we've had plenty of them the last few years, whether it's a war in Russia or it's a it's a political unrest here at home and and riots and people who are angry and uh, and political differences and pandemic and how to deal with that and differences in that and, and interpersonal relationship stuff. People's stress and people's tension and the levels are really high and and so people are having short fuses with one another and often when you hit a short fuse with someone in a relationship it can well it can cause all kinds of problems for us uh, lacking patience and a relationship can can cause a lot of trouble it can it can damage the relationships that we have with people we should love it, I mean it can damage them because we 
we all of a sudden lash out at people we care about and and when we care when we lash out at them it burns bridges or it creates tension between us and it creates distance between us and our friends or us and our spouse or us and our kids it could create all kinds of of tension when we when we have a short fuse and and it creates problems it creates a, a it, it creates a struggle at work when we uh, don't respect and we have a short fuse with our employees or we don't respect and we have a short fuse with our boss or or maybe the customers that we serve and it creates all kinds of stress and tension and struggle for us personally and and in the end uh, what we find is that the less patience we have with others the less loving we are with the people that we we should be loving. And so Paul says, love is patient. It begins with patience. And, and love has enduring and long-suffering uh, when it comes to the way that uh, we treat the people that we are supposed to love in our life. Greater love is patient love, and it will benefit me in my life. It, it, while having a short fuse will cause trouble, having a long fuse, well, it will bring benefits, and it will be a a win for me because I'll love the people in my life better and, and they will in turn uh, actually love me more and want to be with me more because I'm patient with them. Well, let's talk about this greater love when it comes to being patient with others. And uh, what I'd like to do is share with you some things that this greater love uh, will, will do for us. And I'd like to begin by saying, number one, greater love well, it causes me, it guides me to examine myself. I might begin examining myself with some simple questions. Why do I want to be impatient? Why am I losing my cool with this person I care about? Why do I have such a short fuse right now with my friends? Is this a person in my life that uh, I should be losing patience with? Or, or is there real problem, something going on underneath the surface and, and they're becoming the target of it? Uh, am, I, am I allowing myself to have a short fuse that I shouldn't have? And, and what am I trying to protect? with this short fuse. The Apostle Paul will teach us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that when we come together as Christians to worship, when we come together to worship Jesus, when we come together to remember what Christ has done in the Lord's Supper, and we come together and we sing and praise and listen to God's word, he teaches us in 1 Corinthians 11 that we should examine ourselves, that each one of us should examine ourselves. And the word he uses there is a word that means to test yourself, to question your motives, to ask yourself about uh, why you're wanting to do something or, or what's in your heart and where are you standing with God. Uh, he wants us to examine ourselves and examining ourselves is something that we don't do naturally. You know, it's interesting to me that naturally we are creating 
created as people to experience the world outside of ourselves by, uh, well, by examining everything else. We have eyes that look outside of ourselves so that we can examine other things, uh, so that we can examine the world around us and other people around us. We have ears to listen uh, to things outside of ourselves, our our all of our senses are built towards touching and feeling and experiencing the world outside of ourselves. And we do very little of paying attention to what's inside of ourselves, which is why, by the way, that going to a doctor is helpful because then someone else can use their senses to examine you. That's why it's helpful to go to a counselor when you need counseling because someone who's outside of you can help examine examine you and your heart and maybe a, 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 your mind and, and some, some ways that you might be helped by listening. But there is a sense to where God calls us to examine ourselves, to look at ourselves, to pay attention to where we're at. As people, we spend a lot of time examining others, but God will say to us, listen, there's a time and there's a place where I want you to examine yourselves. And one of the things that you'll examine about yourself is your love. If love is the most important trait that I'm supposed to be emulating and copying and learning from Jesus about, then I need to examine myself. Am I being loving? And do I have patience? Am I a patient person? And he, he commands us to begin to question our motives, to to look at our hearts, to look at our thought patterns, to look at our habits, and to examine everything about ourselves. So when we talk about greater love and, and we talk about patience, it takes self-examination to really develop that greater love and patience. And what, well, what that means is when I'm tempted to be impatient, well, when I'm tempted to have a short fuse, Jesus wants me to begin looking inside myself, to begin asking, why am I being impatient right now? Why am I allowing myself to have a short fuse right now? Why am I allowing myself room to, to be this way? And when you're being short fused with someone or impatient with others, it's important that you can recognize it, to begin to see it. Yes, I'm being uh, impatient and to say, I'm going to stop being impatient. Instead of blaming someone else for my impatience, I'm going to look at myself and say, okay, I'm being impatient. I'm being short-fused and I'm maybe lacking love right now. And I need to, I need to turn around and to be loving. Uh, I need to learn and instead of letting myself get emotionally worked up to be thoughtful and to think about what I'm doing and, and why. I need to learn to not give myself the luxury of putting other people in their place and having a short fuse with them and blowing up on them or going on a rant. And I need to learn self-control and, and to stop being argumentative. And, and for most of us, uh, we need to learn to adjust our sense of right and wrong. And you, it, well, it's almost hard to think that being patient or impatient is really a matter of right and wrong, but it actually is. If I want to learn to love like Jesus love, I, I, I need to tell myself that, well, it's wrong 
to have a short fuse, and it's right to have a long fuse. We know and we feel like we've been wronged when someone has a short fuse with us. We feel like we've been wronged when someone is impatient with us, when when, when someone doesn't give us the, uh, a fighting chance, you know, when someone doesn't give us room to breathe and, and they're impatient with us. We feel wronged. Well, why not just turn that around and start to show people well, show people the, the patience that you want to be shown. Uh, have a sense of right and wrong when it comes to patience that, that you're going to adjust so that you know that it's right to be patient and, and wrong not to be. It can go a long way just simply adjusting the way that you see what's right and what's wrong and what's godly and what's ungodly. That's part of what the Bible will call being transformed by the renewing of your mind, where we let Jesus... Jesus teach us how to have a greater love, and we let Jesus teach us to be more patient. And we decide in our hearts, I'm going to live with a new standard. And you might decide in your heart that you're going to live in a different way. You're going to live by a different standard. You're going to start living with a longer fuse instead of a short fuse. In the scriptures, it will describe a short fuse as being easily angered. And it will say, listen, don't be easily angered. Uh, it, it will say it this way in James chapter 1, verses 19. The Apostle James will write this. Uh, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And I like the way that Solomon will teach his son. He will say in Proverbs thirteen sixteen, Wise people think before they act. And so we begin to evaluate ourselves. We begin to examine ourselves. As we come before the Lord, we say, God, I want to love like you. I want to learn to love like Jesus. And he says to us, start to be renewed in your mind and start to live more patiently with others. And if we do that, it will guide us. This is number two. It will guide us to a divine kind of love. And now in the scriptures, there's all kinds of different ways that the Bible will describe love. But the best picture of love we can get is the love of the way God is described in the scriptures. We watch the actions of God and we watch the, the way God interacts with people who have, who, well, who have wronged him, rebelled against him, who have sinned against him people who've done all kinds of different things and God has this incredible love for people and it describes God and he describes himself in Exodus 34 saying this I am Yahweh the compassionate and gracious God and I am slow to anger and even God when he's describing his love he describes being slow to anger he describes having a long fuse. He describes being patient. You may have heard that there are all kinds of words in Scripture that describe different types of love. In fact, there's four of them. There's one word that's used in Scripture that, that we have translated love in our Bibles that means to have brotherly love. The way the, a good friend loves another friend. The way a good friend will care for and, and encourage and, and be, be one with their buddies. You know, that brotherly kind of love. And, 
we have a city in in our country that's named Philadelphia after that kind of brotherly love. Well, there's another love. It's family love. It's the kind of love a child will have for his parents. It's the kind of love that 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 kids will have for one another and it's family love this is a kind of love that that we show one another in our families or at least we're supposed to and then there's a, a another word for love and it's a word that well, we could call it romantic love this is usually the word that we think of when we use the word love in our culture. Uh, we think of, uh, you know, a young, a young couple looking at one another googly-eyed. We think of that picture I kind of painted at the beginning with Popeye and olive oil and the hearts going up. And, and uh, by the way, there's a story to that as when we were dating i always i always loved popeye and when we were dating i always compared my wife and i to popeye and olive oil you know and and uh, i guess that was as romantic as i could get and i always liked that picture of popeye's love for olive oil and you know the two of them uh, loving on one another and so there's that romantic love and maybe you need a different picture <laughs> than popeye and olive oil but I, that's just kind of where my mind went and where my mind goes uh, but but it's romantic love and, and what happens with all these loves whether it's brotherly love or whether it's family love or whether it's uh, whether it's romantic love almost every one of them have built into them a little bit of a selfishness and you might say well wait a minute i'm not selfish i i i, I love people and i don't expect anything back and that's probably true but there is a level i think that all of us in those relationships expect something even if it's just reciprocation uh, even if it's just a, an appreciation for the kind of love or the effort or the help that we give in this relationship. And once we feel like we're not being appreciated enough, we're not reciprocating enough, once we feel like there's, there's not enough being given back as we give love, well, we'll kind of slowly diminish in love and, and it will kind of fall away or fall apart but that's where we come to this other love the love of God God's love is different God's love is divine and we could call the the last word we're going to talk about uh, when it comes to love we can call it divine love so you have family love and friendship love brotherly love you have uh, you have uh, romantic love and then there's divine love it's the love that God has for people and God's love is so much greater because God's love well it it's unselfish for one thing uh, God's love, it, it loves whether there's anything coming back to it or not. Most of the time when we're practicing all the other types of loves, there's something we expect back. But when God loves, he doesn't expect anything in return. He expects all that we'll do is receive his love. He wants to give his love, wants us to experience his love. And he even shows his love whether or not someone is reciprocating it or not it says in romans chapter 5 verse 6 that at just the right time when we were still powerless christ died for the ungodly you remember how jesus said greater love has no one than this that he laid down his life for his friends well 
what we see is Jesus lays down his life even for those people who are ungodly, even for people who turn away from him, reject him, and which, by the way, at one time or another was all of us. And he laid down his life whether or not we would say yes to it. Now, he laid down his life knowing some would. And it says in Scripture, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son uh, and he gave him so that we all might have eternal life. And the idea that, that, that the Son comes, the idea that God sends, and he does that to show his love, even though the world didn't want it, even though the world didn't receive it, even though many in the world will reject it, he still loves. I think of the time where the... Uh, Apostle Paul will, will use this word love and, and, and he will tell us that we ought to display this love by being patient like God is patient. We need to be patient like Jesus is patient. I, I think of the time where Jesus, the day before his crucifixion, he invited his three good friends to come with him up onto, uh, uh, up onto the garden where he was going to pray. And he said, I, I just need to pray. Will you come with me to pray? And he went and he prayed. And it describes how he prayed with this fervent prayer, this prayer that had him sweating like blood. And, uh, and he was so stressed and he was so worked up and he was suffering as he was thinking about the next day and what was going to come. And it says this in Matthew 26, 37 to 39. It says, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, uh, or he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and watch with me. And then going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as your will be done. And what he was saying there when he was praying was this, Father, I will suffer. Even in the midst of sorrow, he said, Father, I will suffer for the sake of others. I'll suffer for them. You know, long suffering. It looks like a wife pushing a husband of 50 years in a wheelchair down the road. It looks like the husband who sits by his wife's side as, as he loves her as they struggle through cancer. Long-suffering looks like a married couple of 25 years going through their rocky times and working things out and staying together. Long-suffering looks like the newly married couple... Oh, wait, it, it doesn't usually look like a newly married couple at all uh, because most of them will say, well, we never fight or never have problems. <laughs> and we know that uh, they're around the corner uh, and eventually what's going to happen is, is well, it's going to go from romantic love to a divine love if it's going to last because a divine love will be patient and a divine love, well... A divine love will be forgiving and graceful. A divine love is going to suffer long for the object 
of its love. Long-suffering looks like accepting a thousand apologies, uh, putting up with a thousand hurts, putting up with long-suffering and having a long fuse with one another. It's a patient love. But I do want to make sure I I explain something here, and it's this, that uh, long-suffering doesn't mean endless suffering. I wish I could say that the that the the Bible will paint a picture for us about where, even though it's a long fuse, it's not an endless fuse, where the where the line is drawn. Now God does tell us that there is a line that He draws for us, that uh, that eventually He doesn't put up anymore, and and eventually He says enough is enough, and and eventually He He comes to a point where He brings judgment on all of the world, and and eventually He does say enough. But His fuse has been long, as He has been patient, as He has suffered blasphemy and suffered uh, sin and rebellion and the brokenness of the world and the hardships and the hurts that people have done to one another. Uh, he's been he's been long-suffering and patient with the world, but eventually he says, enough. And his patience runs out, and he says, I will now bring all things to justice. Eventually, he does that. And eventually, for all of us, there does come a time where, well, where we decide there's long-suffering, but it's not the same as never-ending suffering. And what I mean by that is this. Sometimes we might be in a place or in a relationship that needs to end. Uh, we, we don't always have a nice clean picture for us about where the line is or a clean cut pattern that says here's where uh here's where things need to end but we might be in a friendship and that friendship is dragging us down and away from god and and we might have to say enough is enough I, i'm not here for endless suffering i'm uh, I'm not. I'm not going to suffer endlessly. I've had a long suffering, but, but, but now it's time for me to be wise and to, uh, and to not put myself in a position where I'm going to be drugged down with you. Uh, long suffering doesn't mean endless suffering. When it comes to a, a marriage or a relationship where there's abuse or, or substance abuse. You know, a woman might be married to an alcoholic, and 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 she has been, uh, she has been struggling with her romantic love towards her husband for a long time. Uh, that romantic feeling, that romantic love, has been kind of gone, and it died maybe years ago. Uh, and and in the process, she's been practicing a divine love, having having lots of patience and 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 long suffering with this person in her home and in her life. And and if it wasn't for her having a divine love, well, their marriage would have ended years ago. And so she continues to love him and care for him, and and then gets to the point where she realizes that you know what, there there's nothing coming my way. And so she's been loving while expecting nothing for a very long time. And the idea of being patient and love is patient doesn't mean that that, that poor lady needs to suffer forever in a relationship where, 
well, where it's just hurting her. Uh, she hopes maybe someday for something better, but it's unlikely. And she practices divine love for uh, a time and a season. And, and she suffers long for love for a long time. But, but does she have to suffer forever with someone who is abusing her? Does she have to suffer forever who, with someone who maybe is abusing children or, or, or someone who's abusing themselves and, and creating all kinds of hardship and hurt in the home uh, most likely for her there will come a time where she says i have suffered long but i'm not suffering forever and she faces the truth and so she says i've suffered and i've endured abuse and beatings and i've stayed awake for endless nights wondering if he'd come home and now i've reached the limit and i'll draw the line and she leaves because she knows it's no longer good for him or for her and uh, and and she suffered long but it's not suffering forever well at this point suffering long and suffering forever aren't the same and even god says there's a line where enough is enough but divine love does come with long suffering and with patience and and there are benefits to long suffering and patient love when we do produce that divine love in our lives and that's what i want to talk about number three number three is this when we have this greater love it, it guides us to examine ourselves it guides us to a divine love and in guiding us to a divine love it guides us to better things a better love than we could ever have imagined well you might ask why would i want a love that involves suffering well it's because that's the kind of love that jesus shows you and you want a love that involves suffering because you're motivated to love like him and that's the kind of love he has and 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 that's what the apostle paul means when he says to us christ's love compels us I, I know that line. Uh, I, I've seen Indiana Jones, and I remember him saying, Christ's love compels us over and over and over again. And, and, uh, and, and, and I, I remember thinking before I was a Christian or ever read the Bible that that line had to do with doing scary things. Well, that's not what it is, unless loving and being patient is scary. But the idea of, uh, of acting like Jesus, it should compel us to act like Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us because of the love that he shows us Christ's love compels us to want to be like him and when we accept his grace the Bible tells us he gives us the Holy Spirit in our life now the Holy Spirit is described as a helper. The Holy Spirit is is going to come into our life and, and we're supposed to follow the Spirit, to walk in step with the Spirit, to obey the Spirit. And the more we do that, the more that Christ's love compels us to do that, the more we will look like Jesus. And in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it tells us that the fruit of walking and following and listening and obeying the Holy Spirit is patience that's one of the things that says that come and following the holy spirit we will practice having more patience and we'll be more patient with one another and we'll be more patient with the people around us and man there's some benefits of having patience and sometimes even having more patience with ourselves one of the reasons we might be impatient with others is because we've been impatient with ourselves and and learning to listen as the holy spirit teaches us to to be patient is we'll be patient with ourselves we'll breathe a little bit we'll 
relax a little bit, we'll realize that we can accept ourselves, that we can accept where we are in life, that we can accept our situation, that, that, that we can practice long-suffering even with who we are uh, as we grow to be like Christ. And sometimes it might be slow growth. Sometimes it might not be as fast as we want. Sometimes it may take longer than we'd like, but uh, we're patient with ourselves, And as we're patient with ourselves, we'll be patient with others. And as we follow the Holy Spirit, we'll show more patience to the people around us. And, and we'll show more patience with the people in our church. And we'll show more patience with our kids and with our friends and with our neighbors and with our community members. We'll just be more patient. In First Peter chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. How much simpler would life be if we could just let a lot of the things that we kind of collect and let bother us, if we just let them go, if we had patience with one another, if we were willing to go ahead and cover up a multitude of one another's faults and flaws. We'd be more patient. Uh, patience and long-suffering can give us courage. It, it can give us courage to stand up for what's right, to stand up against what's wrong, to stand up in the middle of an of a evil and broken world and say, I don't like it. You know, I, I don't like famine. I don't like poverty. I don't like disease. I don't like sin. I, I don't like corruption, and I'm not going to give in, and I'm going to be patient and, and patiently stand up for the Word of God and for his ways in a in a world like this but i'm going to do it patiently and i'm going to suffer all this stuff patiently for for the sake of sharing jesus in the midst of it and and i'm going to patiently struggle with it and it can lead me to greater love it can lead me to love the people who are across the street maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a person across the street who's in trouble and they have a need and i can meet their need without expecting anything back in return and i love them i can look across the, the church and i can see someone in tears and someone who needs prayer or someone who needs a friend or a hug and i can reach out to them in love and not expect anything back and and it can give me a patience to go to a church filled with broken people and realize that I'm a broken person too and we're all here because we need the grace of Jesus and we need him to help us love and, and show more patience to one another and 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 it, it patience like this it looks like God our father Sometimes I find myself asking, God, you know, I'm getting impatient with this world. This world is broken. This world is struggling. I mean, in this world, there's sickness and death and disappointment and, and people who hurt people and wars. And, and God, why don't you just come back? And, and, you know, why don't you just put an end to it all? I can't wait anyways for heaven. I can't wait to be with you in eternity. I can't wait to experience all that you've been creating all this time. And, and you said you were coming back and it's been a while and God, you know, why not now? What's going on now? That uh, why, why, why can't you just, you know, go ahead and, and snap your fingers and fold up this world and let's get a start in the new, the better world to come. And I remember that he actually answers that question with patience. 
he describes how he is patiently putting up with the struggles and putting up with the sin and rebellion and blasphemy and all the things that he's putting up with in this world. He's patiently doing it, waiting for each one who will give their heart to Jesus to do it, giving room, giving time for everyone who will to do it. It says in first second Peter, sorry, it says in second Peter chapter three, verse nine, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, talking about his promise to return as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In other words, what he's saying is he's waiting for the last one who's going to make a first-time decision to follow Jesus to do it until he finally until he finally says enough. Wow. And what that means is we have a job to do. If we'd like to see him come back, we need to be sharing Jesus with the people in our world. And we need to be showing them the patience and the love of God. But what that means is that there's an urgency to, to our job as people who are following Jesus and showing the world the love of Christ. We need to learn to love this divine kind of love. And, and this divine kind of love, well... Paul says it's patient. Maybe God wants you to be more patient. And maybe your next step this week is to say, you know what, God? I'm going to remember that phrase. Love is patient. Maybe repeat it to yourself every day this week. Love is patient. And, and you know, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to help me have a longer fuse with the people in my life. Love is patient, and I'm going to practice patience. I'm going to practice long-suffering, because that's the way that you are with me. Hey, let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you for the chance to get into your word together. We thank you for your patient, your long-suffering love that you have for us. And we pray that you'll help us to show it to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to say thank you for joining us this morning as we dove into this teaching. We're going to be going through this, this divine love together the next several weeks. And we're going to talk about this love and, and the attributes of this love. And, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I already, I'm already finding that God is, is kind of poking me a little bit, saying, listen, I want you to grow in love as we go through this series. And I hope that he does the same thing for you. Well, I want to finish up now by declaring it's been a great day together. On the count of three, I'm going to invite you to join me in declaring it's been a great day. You ready? One, two, three. It's been a great day. I hope you have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.